0: Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders, brought to you by SATC Solution Center L3C.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bridging Chicago. I am one of your hosts, Savannah Roundtree, the law clerk here at SATC Law, and joining me today we have Linda McLachlan. Linda, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, Linda is the CEO and founder of Intera, which is an IT service management uh, company, is that correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, she founded that company, but we're going to talk about how you got into the tech industry and everything first. So as I was doing my research, it appears that you are a Chicago native, is that correct?
2: I have... I've- Feel as if I am. I actually grew up um, as a kid um, mm-hmm. on the East Coast, but I have been in oh, Chicago, really? yeah, ever since college and graduation thereafter, and yeah. I love it here. Yeah, I just think it's a terrific city and has so much to offer. Yeah, where on the East Coast did you grow up? Outside of Philadelphia. Okay, I so, grew up in Virginia. Oh, so okay. East <laughs> the East is a long yeah. way, but yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, great. So you went to college um, near Chicago. I see here that you went to Iowa State, and you also have a master's degree from Northwestern? Western, that's right.
2: Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so I did go to Iowa State. Um, I was attracted uh, to the school because of their computer science okay, program. yeah, that's why I was going to ask. If, yeah. Um, it's just a great a great computer science program, which yeah. is not at all, I, I didn't start off wanting to be in computer science. Really? Um, but it was a course that I needed to take. Mm-hmm. Um, Originally, I started at Indiana University, okay. believe it or not, and I was required to take a computer science course. Uh-huh. And, you know, that was before a lot of the push that we have now for women to be in STEM. Yeah. And I took it thinking it was going to absolutely ruin my GPA because I <laughs> didn't think I knew anything right. about computers. And I took the course, and it was almost magical. I loved it. I really? just loved it programming computers because I've been trying to get people to do what I want them to do all my life and (laughs) it didn't work so well but But you can tell a computer what to do and it does exactly that and I and I've always had a pretty analytical mind and so it just I I just loved it so I ended up majoring in it Mm -hmm. and graduating from um, from Iowa State with a degree in it Um, and then I went to work for actually I'm so old that <laughs> it really is Accenture but mm-hmm. it but back then it was the consulting division of Arthur Anderson okay which is a great firm um great firm to start my career in yeah so that's what I was going
1: to ask mm-hmm. is you know um you've been in this industry for a while and it is um sort of surprising to see a woman and a CEO um at a tech firm even now and to have been in this industry for so long I wanted to ask how you got into it and it's you
2: sort of just like fell into it, and it was an immediate love of computer science. As soon as I started working in the field, I Mm -hmm. realized that this is what I wanted to do. Really. Um, However, I also like people, uh, Mm -hmm. so it's that combination of, and I've always loved business. Um, I remember, um, you know, I started um, some kind of miscellaneous entrepreneurial ventures when I was a kid, Uh because I just have always loved the idea of starting a business and kind of doing your own thing mm-hmm. um you know I think I was awfully naive about how truly difficult it is to do that mm-hmm. and it kind of ventured off probably earlier than in hindsight I would recommend really? my own daughters but um <laughs> yeah so I was at at Accenture for um really for four five six seven eight years depending on how you look at it because sure. I I left but then became a consultant back and I couldn't quite leave and it was it was this long goodbye process because yeah. I There were so many things that I loved about that firm. Sure. And so what sort of things were Mm -hmm. you doing while you were at Accenture? Well, I started by doing programming, which I loved, right? But, But, of course, I was able to to then start to manage projects. Okay, and And integrate your love of people. Right. So it it became much more focused on management of projects and and client delivery. Okay. Um, But that's really where I learned about client service. Yeah, and so what you're doing is handling the IT for – other companies is that what you're doing yes so you know if you fast forward a bunch of years Mm -hmm. um, now we are entirely focused on providing the absolute best it outsource support that Mm -hmm. we can to a few sectors so we have um, a lot in financial services we have a number of law firms Mm -hmm. and we have um, a few manufacturing firms and a few real estate firms so we have a few sectors within chicago Mm -hmm. um uh, and we're about doing um, IT outsource support in, in a new way that also helps companies leverage our platform.
1: Okay, great. So, directly from Accenture, you said it took a little while, you're doing some yeah, consulting, yeah. but that's when you founded your own company,
2: which was mm-hmm. originally YGT Solutions right. and is now Terra. Right, it really has been a real evolutionary story. Mm-hmm. So, when I left Accenture, I started my own company, which back then was Bracken Resources, because okay. that's my maiden name. And um, the idea was that I was helping to do um, really more staff augmentation. But that was putting my toe in the waters of entrepreneurship. Sure. And then I went back to grad school, and I, mm-hmm. that's where the Northwestern sure. piece mm-hmm. come from. I said this to a lot of people, like, <laughs> prove me wrong if you think I'm wrong, but I think I am the first entrepreneur – that was admitted to the executive program um that that i you know that where i was really running Mm -hmm. you know a grassroots startup kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um and it was way back before entrepreneurship was cool it was even before any of us had email addresses that's how old (laughs) this is right and um but i'm so grateful to kellogg for giving me an opportunity to be a part of that class because Mm -hmm. it changed my life really yeah and that was um where i started building relationships with other Chicago leaders Mm -hmm. and, you know, other people that have become lifelong friends. Yeah. Um, And it really led me to what I'm doing today.
1: Yeah. So is there anything like in particular
2: that caused you to want to leave and start off on your own? I almost think it's a curse, you know, like (laughs) I think that people who are, and I, I mean, I say that lovingly, but I have just always had this bent to want to go build something. Yeah. And I don't play well inside a box like I Mm -hmm. I always want to do something different and I love to start things and I love the new ideas so what I'm realizing now Mm -hmm. is that I have a brain that works that way but I also need a team of people that can then challenge me and keep me honest about you know what is really a good idea and what isn't Mm -hmm. and also a team of people to do fabulous execution yeah Um, and so that's what we built at Intera. And I, I mean, I just you haven't asked a question about our team, but I can't t- <laughs> I can't say two words about Intera without talking about sure. the team of people that we have. It is truly it's a dream team of people, brilliant um, engineers, brilliant mm-hmm. networking engineers, systems engineers, and a phenomenal leadership team that it's why we're succeeding. Yeah, I think that's a
1: lesson we come across here on the podcast a lot is, you know, a lot of people start off and they think, you know, maybe they're like trying to do this thing like all on their own, but it really does take mm-hmm. a whole community a team to like get your vision out there and you got to really make does. sure you get a good team together.
2: It so. really does. It it makes it or breaks it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um so I definitely want to get this into the conversation, so I'm just going to slip it in here. So as we said before, you know there wasn't this big push for women to get into mm. STEM originally, and you're sort of, um, it seems like a pioneer of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting in there. So just like, what was that like early on, being, you know, probably one of very few women in your uh, computer sciences classes, and then also being one of, I'm sure, very few CEOs of a tech firm.
2: I was the only female in my class that wow, I remember. Yeah. You know, I was taking some computer engineering classes, and we're designing circuits. And I, I think it was in that class I looked around, and I, and, and it wasn't even a conscious thing where I was going around thinking, "Oh, I'm the only girl here." Right. But I remember going, "Am I?" And I, I started looking around, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, I am the only female yeah. in this room." I mean, the instructors were male, but yet it also just seemed like I was another person. It didn't Mm -hmm. seem that odd to me. And, um, you know, now of course, you know, I think there's a lot more attention on it, but Mm -hmm. I just have always tried to do a really good job and and work with the people around me. And it Mm -hmm. doesn't really matter to me if they're male or female. Uh, but I have certainly been in situations that were, um, a lot more uncomfortable than yeah. than the classroom setting. YJT mm-hmm. actually stood for you just trade, and okay. the, which is a bad name, it's why we <laughs> I, mean, I never actually liked the name, but the idea was right, which is you trade and we'll do the rest. Well, you, you focus on electronic trading and we'll be in the background making sure the IT is humming perfectly. Mm-hmm. So that's still the concept of right. what we do today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really it was managed services in its infancy level, mm-hmm. right? It was before even the term managed services was around. That's what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a female in technology, in trading. So that so, was even wow, yeah, worse, another, right? Yeah, <laughs> of, I mean, that was a yeah. probably one of the last, uh, you know, male-dominated you know, right I mean I just out an article fields.
1: you know within the past year about how there's like the one of the first women to ever be on the you know New York Stock Exchange floor mm-hmm. so that's yeah definitely one yeah. of I would say one of the last industries that's still catching right. up there
2: right right and so you know there was certainly were plenty of times within all of that that were uh quite uncomfortable mm-hmm. um the the bigger thing for me has been to focus on my belief, and I still believe, you know, if if I can bring value to the bottom line and if Mm -hmm. I can do a better job than somebody else, then we will win the business. Right. And I have just trusted that fact of business that's been around for thousands of years, Mm -hmm. right? Like if if you are truly bringing the value, eventually, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes your direction. Yeah. Do you think that being
1: a woman in this male-dominated field has pushed you a little more to sort of be the best or if that's
2: just like... It's just... I, I've sort of been like that since I was a yeah, kid. Yeah, I also you know, have like a very I, yeah, competitive nature, yeah, and I'm always I, just like you uh, just want to yeah. do want to do a really good job. I, um, you know, I will say a couple things about that. One is that um, we we did go through the whole certification process here in Chicago to become, you know, to prove that I was a woman. <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah, to be a woman. To you know, business. to be able, you know, go through all the the. You know, I, I I'm glad that they have a very tight. Um, mm-hmm. You know um, certification process so that that people who are abusing the program you know and putting it some putting their company in their wife's name for example that that doesn't get through the system so I'm I'm glad that they have that but um, as it turned out I think those programs are are probably more appropriate for companies who are going to be selling into government programs where Mm -hmm. the award has to be given to a certain number of minority companies or something and for us I mean we're just out there Um, dealing with financial firms, law firms, and they don't really care, but they want to know that they're getting the best firm out there, right? So, you know, that was kind of when I said, let's not keep getting recertified. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have had, you know, a number of clients say, um, you know, they, and we actually have a female president.
0: So it's, we've got a lot of (laughs) girl
2: power here. Um, And, you know, I'd love, and this is a real general statement, because we have some exceptionally talented uh, men, you know, in our company, right. of yeah. course. I mean, um, but I also love working with women mm-hmm. and we have some women CIOs that we work for. And it, it's refreshing sometimes when we sit around the table and we say, we're gonna be meeting with a CIO, a CEO and a president, and they're all women. I think that the tides are changing.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for the day when I walk into a group of like all women like that, and I'm not surprised that it's mm-hmm. all women. Right but yeah so obviously you've I guess you've seen a lot of changes in how many women are in the field since you've gotten started
2: I really have yeah I really have and I also think it's changing in our society I have um twin daughters whom I love you know well what a surprise I love my kids (laughs) right um but Jenna and Tara and they are just um you know they're just great great little people and uh, (laughs) um turning into big people and uh one of my favorite quotes from from one of my daughters, Jenna, has wanted to be a surgeon since okay, yeah. <laughs> since she was two. I mean, I did not put this in her head, but she just. <laughs> She carves a pumpkin Science and wants to, yeah, she'll <laughs> say, I want to put my hands in the squishy bits Ugh. in a pumpkin, and then she wants to do that to people. I'm like, let's learn a few things yeah, well, before you put your hands in. I think that's
1: definitely and, like an acquired yeah. skill,
2: so she yeah. should
1: go for it because very few people want to stick right. their hands in a pumpkin, right.
2: me included. <laughs> no, thank you. But I remember when she was, I don't know, maybe four or five, the doctor who delivered her mm-hmm. was a woman, uh-huh. and then her pediatrician was a woman. Great. And... She asked me one time, she said, "Mom, can men be doctors?" <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that because yep. you know it's it amazing. really is changing, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's amazing how when you start to see more of the world, your your ideas of it form. And I think you know in our generation and um, you know this next generation coming mm-hmm. up, it it has become much more equitable.
1: yeah, I think that's uh, really great. so also, you've been in the tech industry for a while, and technology has been rapidly changing, even in the past ten years or so. So, mm-hmm. you know, what have you seen of those changes, and sort of how have you
2: been dealing and adapting with that? Yeah. Um, well, I could probably give you a twelve-hour answer to that question, <laughs> or you'd much, I'm sure you would prefer a much shorter answer. It's hard to put into words how much the world has changed yeah. in ten years, and I think we haven't even seen anything yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever walked um, through the Grand Canyon, but mm-hmm. if you walk down the Grand Canyon wall, they have a timeline so that mm-hmm. you know they say you know, this is yeah. when dinosaurs were, and they, you know, and then you walk and you walk and you walk and you walk and you walk. Yeah. The point is how long the world has been in existence, right. and then. You know, they have, you know, the last 2,000 years in about an inch, right? right? It's like this, you know, we think about something that happened a long time ago, but Mm -hmm. it was really, you know, a blink of an eye in terms of how long the world has been here, right? (laughs) And when I think about the fact that, you know, we all were born Mm -hmm. in this era to see technology hitting the world at this point in time, you know, I think, you know in another thousand years when people look back they'll be like oh my gosh to have been alive right then which is when we're alive yeah. i mean i just like i said i started my program at kellogg without an email address yeah and graduated but, with an email address right and the way the internet is going to change our world i i just don't even think our brains can think about it yet yeah. I mean, but it's the interconnection of everything it at all times with everything and the possibilities of that are are mind-blowing right I mean just thinking about emails I was like you started in the tech industry without
1: an email and Mm -hmm. now it's like I don't know I just was going through my email inbox this morning I had like 115 emails to go through so it's like I can't even imagine a day
2: without an email right oh my god how did you work without it right (laughs) um and I actually think in some ways we were more productive um well but anybody can fix a printer oh I can't print let's call the IT people let's (laughs) you know like let's get that fixed right um and you know I call that the break fix gerbil wheel you know you're just constantly on this break fix break fix Mm -hmm. groundhog day over and over again where yep something is not working I can't get my email on my phone I'm going to call my IT people they'll get it fixed we move on I believe that we are at a crossroads and that IT needs to be about so much more Mm -hmm. than just keeping things going Mm -hmm. and that this is the time. In fact, last year and the year before were really the times, but it is all about um, looking forward and saying, how can we automate? Because automation is going to become the differentiator between Mm -hmm. the firms who exist today and the firms who don't. And I think either... You're either going to go in the direction of great growth and scalability, or you're going to be extinct. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there are going to be a lot of firms left in the middle. And so, what we've done with our platform, um, and I'm of course I'm pitching, but I'm also yeah, no, that's just, what, you know, I I'm, ask, you know how yeah, does like,
1: Intera, you know, yeah. manage this especially with all the different um, sort of fields yeah. that you guys work with? Yeah.
2: So. There are tools that have these very complicated databases that organize. So if you think about the same problem in business, you know, we have people, we have applications, we have devices, we have network devices, internet, you know, different ways to connect. We have applications, we have the relationships between all of those. Mm -hmm. Getting all of that organized is the foundation to automation. So when you say- Literally just having a meeting about that this (laughs) morning in our office. Yeah. How do we get and organized? <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, being able to um, put all of that in a platform, mm-hmm. which can then do ticketing, and then it can handle requests, and then it can handle the changes that you're making in the organization, and then it can handle alerting, and you know, it, and then your projects, and it it, it mm-hmm. starts to snowball. Right. But usually, putting a system in place like that costs millions of dollars. It's not an overnight thing. Right. Yeah. So what we've done at Intera is that we've taken its ServiceNow, which is sort of the Taj Mahal of these kinds of platforms. Okay. If you look in Gartner, it's the leading one. Mm-hmm. But the two problems with it are that, number one, it's expensive, and number two, it takes forever to implement, both of which are true. But we've taken ServiceNow, and we have done our implementation, but we did it in a way that allows multiple clients to access it. Okay. And then we've built automation around onboarding so when clients work with us as an as an IT partner mm-hmm. we within 30 to 60 days we get them all onto our platform okay it which is lickety split right, compared yeah. to what it would be if you had to go out and do all this from mm-hmm. scratch and then we could start helping we can either work with their existing IT team or we we can run it independently mm-hmm. and then the really cool part about that, I mean, people don't get really excited over, oh, I fixed a printer or, you know, oh, right. I, I, I solved your iPhone problem or, you know, I, I can create distribution lists for you. I mean, th- this stuff is anybody can do. But the, the really fun part is saying to somebody, you know what, now that we have all of your assets organized in a great database, which is just part of what we do as your IT partner, right. now this quarter, let's automate your employee onboarding process right? Let's onboard a new client intake. Mm-hmm. Let's let's automate. And, and we can take all these building blocks mm-hmm. and we can start building one process after another. And I think the companies that are leveraging that kind of automation, those are the ones that are going to be positioned for the future to incorporate AI, to incorporate data analytics, because they have that right. platform that's mm-hmm. required for computers to do their thing. Yeah. So you can
1: work closely with all of your clients to make sure that these things are working specific
2: mm-hmm. to their industry and what their company needs. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Because you know, every client has unique business processes. Mm-hmm. It's how they do right. their thing, right? Yeah. And but there's so much waste of time. That I'm thinking about it in my own business, right? Mm-hmm. We're use, we're eating our own right food yeah. here. And and, you know, what are the things that we do where we think of, you know, oh I I have a new employee that's starting Monday, and did I remember to order their business cards? And, oh, do they have a phone extension? And, oh, mm-hmm. like all these 52 things that all yeah. have to be done, and yet so much of that can be automated and have an email appear in someone's inbox saying, this is due by Thursday, and if, it's, if you have not checked it off, I'm going to escalate it. And it makes um, operations much tighter mm-hmm. and cleaner and faster and cheaper.
1: Yeah, because people don't have to think about these day to day tasks that sort of, you know, can be tedious and you find yourself like
2: eating up half your day with just like procedures like that. That's right. Yeah, so. um, So, I mean, that kind of goes back to your question about, you know, what's changed in the last 10 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think things like this are, are, I think we're going to see a lot more automation Mm -hmm. and it's going to come in waves. It'll be first laying out a process then automating that process and mm-hmm. then taking a chunk of that process and having a robot do it and then mm-hmm. having another chunk done by AI you know but it starts with that foundational layer the other thing I wanted to mention that I see changing is mm-hmm. um, security yeah. which is that um, the bad guys are getting incredibly sophisticated mm-hmm. yeah we have uh,
1: you know probably monthly reminders about some new thing that's come out about how they're trying to extort you know Uh, cryptocurrency from you and taking Mm -hmm. your data and all of these things so that's right that's something you guys are actively dealing with as well actively
2: yeah Yeah. so we 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 have a we call it enterra protect but Mm -hmm. it's just a checklist of things that companies need to be doing and i we we have a 24 by 7 um managed detection and response program Mm -hmm which I think is essential. Yeah. Um, it, and I didn't used to go around saying this. I, like, this is a new thing, yeah. I, you know, but, but these, um you know, these criminals are getting incredibly sophisticated and they're not, you know, there, there's a, uh, you know, like a cyber conference, which mm-hmm. is all you have to register privately and, you know, everybody gets a key, like you don't know your identity. You mm-hmm. know, a lot right. of them go to these things. And I mean, the, the brain power that is behind cyber crimes is astonishing to me mm-hmm. um but companies honestly need protection yeah, I mean,
1: you can get all of your your whole database taken from you, yes. basically from yes. like you know an email or something right, right. yeah it's a uh, scary out there right. <laughs> right 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 it really is yeah so um if there was a younger person who was mm-hmm. about to you know enter this tech field maybe start their own company what is some advice you would give to them I know you said earlier that you would say uh hold back a little bit maybe
2: <laughs> you know the older I get the more advice I have for myself at a younger yeah. age right um, but I I think you know a few things you know one is that um truly being an, and I've done entrepreneurship the old-fashioned way right we don't have any outside debt or outside well wow. um, you know private equity mm-hmm. um, total aside I was never the popular girl in high school but I've um you know as you become I'm the sole owner of a tech firm in Chicago and (laughs) suddenly you know and then we also have a a building lease that's expiring and between the brokers and people who have an interest in the company it's it's been really funny I'm like oh my gosh I feel like (laughs) the girl in high school that yeah (laughs) woman in Chicago right now trying to get all your business no it's funny um you know but I, I have really preserved, you know, and, and have hung on to the equity and it's been hard, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, there was a point during the recession when I sold the house that I loved and, um, you know, went, bought something that was half the cost Mm -hmm. and, you know, because I wanted to make sure that I always had capital to put into the business Mm -hmm. and, You really have to do it for the love of what you're doing because mm-hmm. I think I think some people think like oh I'm going to have a great idea and then go start my own company and then I'm going to be a billionaire and what will I do with <laughs> all the money and it doesn't really go like that and right. and and, You've and to love
1: it enough to make
2: it through the hard days you so do as well as the right good ones. and yeah. y- you are the last one paid right I've mm-hmm. never not paid an employee um, on time you know in 18 years but there have been times when I went without you know, without any income for yeah. a year. And you just have to be able to say, I'm going to, you know, keep, keep on it, keep mm-hmm. on it, keep on it. You know, in Navy SEAL training, there's the bell. You've probably heard about the bell. And, you know, anytime you want to be done, all you have to do is ring the bell. And, you know, the advice is never ring the bell.
1: Okay. Right? Mm-hmm.
2: And so I've just never rung the bell. Yeah. But it has been very, very hard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially as we've been, Um, kind of changing what our what our business was doing and even going through some of the retooling that we know we needed to do in order to be a great company that was Mm -hmm. you know positioned for the future it takes a lot of investment and you have to keep believing in what you're doing and it's hard yeah (laughs) it's really hard yeah so you mentioned briefly but something i didn't even think to
1: ask about was you know you had this company throughout, you know, 2008 and, mm-hmm. you know, that economic downturn. So, was the tech industry hit by that? Like, you sort of think that everyone needs like their computers and yeah. things, but Yeah.
2: Um, so the problem was that, well, first of all, I think everybody was hit by it, right? I don't well, I don't know who it was, yeah. you know, and <laughs> and we were heavily dependent on one client mm-hmm. and we were heavily dependent on the trading industry. Mm-hmm. And so part of, and and we also, at that point in time, we did not have a recurring model, right, that said, for so much money a month, we're just going to do all these things for you. We're going to make sure you're patched. Oh, we're yeah. going to make sure that all the
0: mm-hmm. all the
2: boxes are checked. We're going to have a 24 by 7 unlimited mm-hmm. um, ability for your employees to call us. We, we didn't have any of that. Okay. It was by the hour per person, mm-hmm. you know, renting bodies. Yeah. And, uh... You know, but but I also believe that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Truly, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's an old expression, but it's true. And so, um, even though that was a very difficult time to mm-hmm. weather, it made us so much stronger because it made me realize that I never ever again wanted to go through, um, you know, a situation where clients could just say, you know what. Uh, next month I, I don't want to use you right or I'm, okay, I'm pulling back so like, right we'll, we'll fix our printers right by right right and so you know now we have um, a pretty wide client diversification mm-hmm. you know both in terms of the number of clients and also the types of clients mm-hmm. you know, like I said we're yes. financial so not we're dependent law, we're, on just one industry, right, industry anymore yeah. right right and um, you know and I also you know we're We stay very close to our clients because every quarter we come in and we review metrics with them. So it's not just lip service. Mm -hmm, So then they see every quarter, what did we improve? What did we really knock out once and for all? What Mm -hmm. problems are they never going to have again? And so, you know, I think that kind of accountability is helpful Mm -hmm. because then every quarter we're talking with clients and saying
1: right like, you're constantly reassessing yeah, you know what yeah. you can do better how you can exactly change everything to better benefit each of your clients yeah that's right i think that's great yeah um yeah so i think that just about wraps up all of my questions unless you had anything
2: else that you wanted to talk about or cover today um i don't i just uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about this it's always nice to sit back and reflect a little bit so thanks for the opportunity yeah, thank
1: you so much i really enjoyed our conversation today and thanks again for joining us
0: for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solution Center. As always, feel free to reach out to us on social media with your comments and suggestions. You can email us at solutioncenter at satcltd.com Find us on Twitter and Instagram where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to this podcast nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial investment legal and or professional advice no professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guests you are urged to speak with your financial investment or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the SATC Solutions Center, Shankanis Tepper Campbell, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the host and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including, but not limited to, for use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.